The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Dave Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. Uh, we are, are back. We are back with our um, part. Well, for you guys, it's a month later. For us, it's it's week two of our mega banking recording of episodes. Um, and I just clarify that point because I need to pick up a story from last week, which for you, dear listener, will be a month ago. <laughs> so <laughs> is, that, is the TOEFOP time dilation working yeah, for everyone? Right. Does everyone understand what's going on? So it's a month for you guys. It's a week for us because we're, <laughs> we're traveling at the speed of light. This is good this though. This is some real like breaking bad shit, you know, flash yeah. forwards, flashbacks, like inconsistent <laughs> timeline. We might get nominated for some awards next year. So a month ago, people might remember um, that I was having an issue with a magpie um, that was oh, yes. swooping me in. And, and uh, mm-hmm. so the, the, the problems have continued. Um, each time I've, I've tried to cycle to the gym, this, this fucking magpie has By swooped. the way, and, you know actually that technically does not need to be a month ago because we have to have an episode go up this week. Yeah. So we c- And there is no reason that we have to do the episodes that we recorded last week up this week this could do be we, part two sp- of the magpie saga you know you this could be the next week this could be this week's episode is what i'm saying does that make sense yeah it's not time sensitive though this anecdote i'm about to tell and i'm just wondering if there was anything that is time what if what if in the time that we've talked episodes. about it what if in the time we've talked about it the queen magpie has died <laughs> and all other news is shut down as we mourn the ruler of all magpies well we were corrected during the week as well mm. um i kept referring to to the magpie as a she i because i assumed uh. it was a mother magpie protecting her, mm, her young sexist because you're an uh, incel yeah. you're like if you've got <laughs> trouble right, in your women. life it is a woman it's clearly a woman shrieking, causing me all these issues all women are trying to peck at my eyes <laughs> constantly trying to steal shiny things women uh yes a, a, an amateur someone was i can't remember who the person was but they mm. were quite it was quite an aggressive magpie um, enthusiast correction well, it was just like I think they said an like, ornithologist. The is, that what, is that someone who loves or, or, birds? An ornithologist? Yeah, I think that's right. Or is that a foot doctor? I don't know. I, I think of the Gary Lars. Isn't there a Gary Larson joke about orthon orthon orthon? Is it orthonologist? No, that's prosthetics. Orthon orthonologist. <laughs> Well, this is where we need podcast, Mike. What do, hang on, what do I call a bird? If I just okay. type in bird, bird expert. expert, I think that's probably the way to go at it, rather than what trying to guess the word and work called? backwards. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's orthino, orthono, orthonologist. I thought it was ornithologist, but it's ornithologist. <laughs> 
porn. <laughs> yeah, so I hope that's cleared it up for everybody. <laughs> anyway, so they're saying that it's not a female bird. Is that what it's they're saying? It's a male bird. Yeah, male bird. So Why? It, it, what's, the, what's the explanation behind that? How do they know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're off to a bad start. I don't know. They just said all that tweet was was FFS, as in for fuck's sake, Tofop. It's male magpies yeah. who swoop. Like they seemed genuinely For fuck's sake. Annoyed. You can't give we got us an F- Shut up. <laughs> if you can't give us an FFS on whether it's male or female magpies that swoop. Because guess what I'm not doing as a magpie swooping towards my head? Doing a little genital check. I think that would be absolutely inappropriate. How the oh. fuck would I know if it was male magpies or female magpies? I didn't need to. I mean, when this when this 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 magpie this week swooped so low, he dragged his uh, his a uh, um what are they called the cloaca <laughs> over my face. Yeah. Over your <laughs> it was face. That close. I had a good close up look at his cloaca. They've got. You've more- heard of turkey slapping? He magpie slapped you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So why do magpies swoop? This yeah. is from the Australian Museum. Okay. Um, okay. The Australian so- Museum. Yeah, okay. the Australian All Museum. Right. Um, why do magpies swoop? Magpies swoop in spring and they swoop on intruders, including mm. humans. Um, it's generally, uh, during spring is it. So firstly, I've got great, a great idea for the next season of Big Brother. When the intruders come in, release the magpies. <laughs> Put them in that little waiting room on Big Brother yes. and then just like release a hundred magpies. Well, you'll have to do it um, between August and November because that is peak mm. swooping time. Yes. Okay. So, all right. It doesn't say anything about male or female here. It just says during this time they will defend their nests and their chicks, uh-huh. but also defend their surrounding territory. Male adults are using their body language, beak clapping, whooshing above your head and screeching. That all checks out with me. Yeah. To warn you to keep away from their newly eggs, their new their eggs or their newly hatched chicks. Mm. Which, you know, actually that's a good callback to the last time we talked about this, because I said, you know, if I injured one, like struck back at one of these magpies, Mm. would I feel bad knowing that it was just defending its babies? Yeah. And I think that you would have to raise its babies as your own. Like you just have to say to I owner, you have a new brother and sister now. They look a little bit different to you, but don't bring that up. And don't, you know, obviously ride your bike with shiny things near them in the spring (laughs) because there might be trouble if you're fighting with your brother and sister. And I would like you to, Alicia Silverstone style, then you can chew up like, you know, your new baby's food and like feed them in, feed them in the mouth. And start doing that to Iona as well. (laughs) I mean, I think it's only fair. I think Iona would want to be fed like that if the other two are being fed like that. Okay. So just say these magpies, they do like just say there's four Mm. of them that they're on me at all times. So, you know, they're either on me at all times or they're like, I beckon them and they land on my shoulders. So they're always- In my scenario, you raise them and then you like, they work for you. I can control control them. Yeah. Yeah. So- Am I allowed to take them on aircraft as a support animal? Because I could argue that, look, if I these birds have never known any other way. If I was to suddenly separate, it's incredibly cruel and distressing for the birds. But the way you've put that isn't, yeah. But the way you've put that isn't that they're your support animal. The way you've put that is that you're. (laughs) Their support, their support human. animal. You're saying that, that it's the magpies that need you, not you that needs the magpies. Okay, let me rephrase that. I'm talking to yeah. the board of uh, <laughs> sorry, like yeah, the sorry. airline sir. board. Uh, sir, uh, if I could have my time again, <laughs> uh, 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 I, 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 what I mean to say is, I have become like a father to these magpies, yes. and I f- would find it incredibly distressing. My anxiety would go through the roof. Mm-hmm. 
if I was separated for some reason, if I had to put them in a cage, it's just not the way they've been raised. Could you make an exception in this case? Well, in my experience, airlines are incredibly understanding if you're feeling a little anxious on a plane flight for any reason. So I think you'd be fine. No, I think so. I mean, in America, definitely. Yeah. Like, because, like, you know, there's all sorts of animals on planes in America as support animals. I yeah. don't know if in Australia they would be that – I think you'd have to, like, fill in some paperwork to take four magpies on board. But if they were trained magpies, yeah. if they were in your two control, they were just going to be like – and where are the other two? No, I've got four, two on each shoulder. Oh, two. Oh, you mean, like, four? Yeah. Like, so two – Yeah. I mean, are your shoulders – I guess your shoulders are big enough that you can Easy. have two full magpies on each shoulder. Oh, I really? didn't imagine they were fully grown just yet. Look at your flex. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they – yeah, I've just been doing traps. Uh, I think they would be yeah. – I think I think they're not fully – they're not – I mean, magpies aren't that big. I could easily have – look at that. That's They're two magpie-carrying shoulders if I've ever seen them. I reckon, I reckon comfortably on a plane, if I was going to sit next to you, I want you to book a, a separate seat. Oh, yeah, fair enough. If you're going to have four magpies on, on your shoulder – like, you can't just sit next to somebody with four magpies on your shoulder. I, I reckon one magpie. Okay. If you're on a plane and you said, I need, like, one support bird, I'm going to take one magpie on, it'll sit on my shoulder like a parrot or, like, you know, like, you know when you've seen someone, it, it won't fly around. Of all the animals, it's non-plus by flying. Not impressive yeah. or scary to it in any way. <laughs> it flies as a regular occurrence. That dog might freak out. Yeah. It's not meant to be 10,000 feet in the air. But you know what, mate? I'm, I'm born for this shit. So he will be absolutely fine. We'll sit on my shoulder the entire way. I think people would be fine with that. Okay. So you've got the aisle seat. I've got the window seat. There's a seat between okay, us. And good. you sit down yes. at first and you're like, okay, unusual but look clearly this is this either this guy is their support human or <laughs> they are his support animals i'm not yeah. going to ask any questions we give each other cursory nod we're both wearing masks you don't even realize it's me it actually is me and you uh, but you don't rec okay. we don't recognize each other because we're wearing masks mm -hmm. we'll take the superhero uh, principle. well first thing first thing i would be doing is actually messaging you going hey remember that time we talked about the <laughs> guy with the magpie on his shoulder on tofop well you would not believe what has just happened but i am literally sitting next to a do with a magpie on his shoulder. You send that message and my phone pings and we still don't yeah. click. <laughs> Doesn't. No, you look at it and then like push a race, put it back in your pocket <laughs> as I sit there crying a solitary tear into my mask. <laughs> so uh, you sit there and you're cool with it, right? But yep. then the yeah. food trolley comes around and I oh, get yeah, okay. some yep. like nuts and chips. And then mm. as you're trying to enjoy like your glass of orange juice or something, you notice me mm. chewing up the food and then regurgitate yeah. it. And I know how you fucking hate that shit. Like you don't have a strong yeah, gag yeah, reflex. Yeah. Uh -huh. What do you do? You see me. Like you remember that video of that lady on that plane in America and she was breastfeeding? She's breastfeeding mm. a cat or something yeah. crazy. Was it a squirrel or some shit? She was doing something, breastfeeding something that shouldn't be breastfed by a human. <laughs> so you see that. Do you? Attendant, do you speak to me? What do you do? Are you breastfeeding this no. man? No, no, I'm just regurgitating. <laughs> you are just, so, but are you actually regurgitating or are you just I'm, chewing up the food in your mouth and then spitting, spitting it back chewing out? Chewing it up hand? and spitting it out. Like I'm a, fine with that. That's, really? That's not gonna. That's oh, not gonna freak me out. No. If you were, if you were, if you were vomiting, no, that's that to me is like what it looks like for everyone who feeds a baby. Really? It is absolutely no different to me that yeah, like when. See, parents don't kind of get this, but feeding a baby is like gross. If that's all that is, it's like it's gross. Like you push stuff into their mouth, they just like hold it in their <laughs> mouth and then just like let it fall out of their mouth unless their parent grabs the top of their head and their jaw and mashes it all together. Like <laughs> oh, it's mate. fine. Like I can you you see that I'm 
planes all the time. You see people doing stuff like that. So I'm fine with that. That's that's old school. You're not meant to feed your kids mm. anymore. That that That's old school parenting technique. You don't actually do the spoon the airplane. You actually mm. let them feed themselves. It's the most hair-raising part of being a parent is mm. when your child moves to solids. And it's this, uh, it's called, I can't remember, something weaning. But it's basically you let the child, and this is how children are meant to eat, by the way. This is not some kind of new age fucking Pete Evans, let, you, let your kids go crazy. Mm. But you let the kids get familiar with like the food, the texture of foods, holding foods and feeding yeah. themselves. But the kids have like a really good gag reflex. So they will often put food in their mouth and just be like, like just spit it back out and be fine. <laughs> but you as the parent like, but you're meant to yeah. sit there and you're meant to let them because their brain is going, okay, you know, I need yeah. to chew that more. You know, they're just sort of getting a gauge for all this kind of stuff. But it's really, I remember Gemini sitting there, like other side of Iona while she was like, you know, she had, we had all these foods laid out on her little baby table yeah. and she just like ate it and it's like, <laughs> and we're like, oh no. And then she's like, ah, and then she's fine. She gets another piece of food. I mean, what's the, what's the thinking behind that? Because I don't doubt that that is true, but like- Baby led weaning, it's called, he, sorry. Baby led weaning. Yeah. But here's what I also know about the world. What? People have- like people worked out eating, like everyone eats. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so the old way of here comes the aeroplane can't have been working that badly because human beings have flourished and to flourish, they need to be able to eat. So what is the philosophy behind it? Like what's it meant to lead? What's the better outcome that it's meant to lead to rather than here comes the aeroplane? Uh, is um, they let less food. Is it a 9-11 thing? No. It's- After 9-11, did they have to stop doing here comes the aeroplane because it was culturally insensitive? It's, it's, it's like um, sleep training as well. It's all about creating independence mm. because your child, if you are – Guiding, forcing the child to eat, A, it's not developing motor skills of like picking the food up. It's also, mm-hmm. uh, you're not expo- you're not gradually exposing them to like handling different foods where they might be allergens mm-hmm. and stuff so they can acclimatize mm-hmm. to them more slowly. Um, and also like it, like the way Iona has evolved as an eater, she doesn't, she eats everything because she's had a mm-hmm. chance to kind of like try a lot of things. It's not this kind of prescribed controlled meal time. So the idea is like behind then is is it around the idea that like shoving food towards like some someone's face at that age imprints the idea that that's how you eat. that food is bad. Well, yeah, it's oh, well, oh, oh. Do you think it's like is there adults growing up who can't eat unless they're like? I mean, don't get me wrong. I have busted out the here comes a choo choo train. He comes like I do. I'll do an elaborate like air show kind of loop the loop with the spoon. Sometimes if she's if she's not eating, but. But out of the a lot of the pediatricians we've spoken to on Dad Pod, the, the the thing they say is you can't force someone to sleep, eat, or go to the bathroom. And as a parent, they're the three things you try and force most often because they're like, go to fucking sleep, yeah. you need to eat, and you need to wear, you need to wear, go wear. But you can't actually force anyone to do these things. So the idea, mm-hmm. I think, is like, will you give them the initiative? They're going to be less likely to hold on or not or have a food aversion or all this kind of stuff. And I'd say, like, Ayana is a pretty good eater now but she does graze she's not like a meal time she doesn't sit down mm. and have like three big meals it's just like she yeah. she has little meals all day because i think that's kind of the way because no one ever forced her to yeah and exactly. you should <laughs> that's what you've got to do you've got to get there and teach her how to have three meals a day <laughs> three squares three squares and a cot um okay so magpie i said mm. to you when we first discussed this that my greatest fear will is that i'm going to end up on a brown cardigan video. Yeah. So I was riding home on Wednesday 
and this fucking magpie. And they were vicious this time. They've had, they're, they're up their game. They're now actually – before it used to be just clicking. Well, they've, the, heard, you, they've heard you talking shit about them. <laughs> yeah. Like was it after the podcast yeah. came out? Is there a yeah. chance the word the has West, got around? Yeah, it was the West Byron magpie massive. <laughs> I've come to yeah. fucking sort shit out. <laughs> uh, no, so they're actually tapping at my helmet now. That didn't used to happen. Uh-huh. They used to just like yeah. snap their beaks and flap their wings, but now I'm getting little pecks on the helmet. Uh-huh. So yeah. – it was a particularly violent attack this time, and I'm doing my get off, rack off, rack off, get out of here, back off, like mm-hmm. that swing of my arm. And then I feel a vehicle pulling up alongside me, and I turn to my right, and oh, no. three tradies oh, in no. a ute with their mobile oh, no. phones out up. filming. Oh, no. And laughing. I feel like this. I feel like this is a brown cardigan setup. Like I feel like they've heard that it's your worst nightmare, and then some tradies have heard that and just gone, "Well, hang on, where I is this road? We can we can work this out from the details he's provided. I think we can work out where this is. We'll take in a couple of spare magpies that we've been raising as our own children, and we will release them, and then we'll have like I imagine they weren't the only tradies driving that road. I, I reckon know, there were probably about yeah. eight. Eight to, no, but I think for this specific purpose, they had recruited eight to ten tradies, right, who were doing a constant loop up and down the road, just ready to film at any stage when this happened. So do you think that they got f- footage of you? For, like, Do you think there is a chance you will turn up on Brown Cardigan? Well, I haven't seen it. It's been four days, and I have checked every mm. day, and I haven't seen every myself. Every day. <laughs> I haven't seen myself yet. And I imagine, like, Brown Cardigan is a very popular Instagram yeah. page, and I imagine they get many submissions. I'm hoping yes. that my reaction was not humiliating enough. Like, it wasn't like I was wobbling or nothing else no. funny happened. It was just me swiping at a magpie. And they But what if you're recognizable? Like, because, uh, I mean, that adds some value to it. It'd be pretty funny to see the guy like, from home and away. Home- <laughs> yeah, home and away. Look at home and away, dickhead can't handle magpie. You know what I mean? Like, look at this. Look at I this dickhead. I don't think, A, I don't, uh, maybe actually. I was going to say I didn't really look like, I didn't have my home and away face on, but I had just shaved because yeah. I had a little bit more of a beard on home and away. So I don't know, yeah. maybe. But I think also like I had the helmet on, I had like a jacket mm. on. I'm in exercise gear. You know, you see people out of context, you don't. I'm not famous enough that you would immediately pick that. I think what would happen is you'd sort of send it and then someone in the comments mm. would be like, I think that's the dude from, you know, McLeod's Daughters or whatever. Um, right. But it hasn't turned up yet. So I'm just assuming that it was because it wasn't funny enough. That I, I mean, that's good footage though because you used to ride a motorbike on McLeod's Daughters, that's right? right, yeah. Your character used to ride a motorbike because you weren't very good at riding a horse, so yeah. they put you on a motorbike. So now what I'm seeing is one of those videos where it's side-by-side video oh, yeah. footage. So one of it's like you on a motorbike in McLeod's Daughters kind of rocking up and the other one's you on a push bike <laughs> in, with magpies becking your helmet and you swearing at them. And it's like compare the pair is what I'm imagining. I mean, how do you, what do you feel ethically about filming someone being attacked by a magpie? Like, are you for it? Like, I mean, yeah, it, you're in public, man. You're in public. Anything's fair game if you're I in public. I guess everything gets filmed these days, right? Like, as soon as something good or bad happens, the cameras come out. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that you can't go out in the world without the fear of being filmed in any situation. And you see it now when shit goes down. Mm. Like, not just this sort of stuff, but like when actual shit goes down. We're always seeing videos of these attacks or fights or whatever because the first time that something happens, people's immediate reaction is to pull out their phone and start filming it. Well, I think it's not a bad thing in the sense that if it is like – a, like a criminal event or whatever, like you do, mm. you need to do need documentation like that. You know, um, uh, George Floyd 
case would wouldn't have even been known about if there wasn't like all those camera angles, even like there, even though there were witnesses there. And yeah. I mean, that I mean, we talked again. No, I agree. Look, I I agree. There are some times when that is very important citizen journalism, mm. but there's sometimes when it's being recorded for more of a brown cardigan, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, moment where you're like, hey, yeah. instead of filming that person being racially abused, you could actually step in and stop that person from being yeah. racially abused. Well, I guess it's funny, isn't it? Like they talk about bystander apathy that often happens, mm. you know, when there's a big crowd of people and someone's being harassed, no one does anything, and I guess that video camera psychologically, A, it separates you from what's going on. So there is a kind of separation because you're now viewing it through mm. your camera. But then you can also convince yourself you are doing something. Mm. Oh, I am doing I'm something. filming it. So this uh, is uh, – I'm, I'm a cameraman. A difference. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. a cameraman. I'm like a good, good <laughs> In fact, refer to me now as cameraman. <laughs> I fell into a vat of cameras or, and I became or cameraman. Ca- or camerawoman. <laughs> oh, yeah, camera or camerawoman. Or camera person. FFS. <laughs> FFS. Yeah, that's right. I'm camera they. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, yes, whatever. I'm a camera. Look, I have a camera. I'm doing my bit is the point. <laughs> Everyone on the train is like, mate, what are you doing? The assault's over. Why You're are still you, there. Why, have you, Just, why are you going through this? You're still yelling out about pronouns. Like, what's wrong with you? I I mean, sorry, they, I mean, we, yeah. oh, damn it. <laughs> you, you, like you look up from your phone, everyone else is now filming you. you. Like, and then you're on brown guy cardigan. out about pronouns while trying to film attack. Look at this pronoun prat. <laughs> That's the hashtag. <laughs> Pronoun pratfalls hashtag. <laughs> now, um, Will, uh, we've uh, been putting the call out uh, for the Forgotten Project where we ask people okay. um, to, oh, yes. to message in, um, you know, with stories and, and, mm. and things that they feel like we've never completed. Uh, so I've also been going through the mailbag and coming across emails that I either just forgot to open or intended to read and, and just forgot. And that one in particular yes. I feel quite bad about. Um, because what I loved is the idea of the forgotten project for people who don't understand that reference. Uh, there is a really popular podcast called the remembering project with Hamish and Andy, where they go back and actually, you know, play clips from their radio show and then, you know, speak around them. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like director's, co- director's commentary. And we thought the TOEFOP version of that would be for us to just like talk about things that we'd forgotten about or never finished. And in doing this, we've actually discovered a whole bunch of things that we had forgotten about. So it is very much a TOEFOP to Durkin of us going into this. But yes, this is the Forgotten Project. This is the Forgotten Project. And so um, I've come across like quite a few um emails that I forgot to read. And one in particular mm. was when we did our, um, I'm in it. Well, you did your, I'm an individual, um, uh, in the form of rage against machine. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and we put the call out to listeners saying, Hey, if anyone wants to do a cover version of that. And then, um, uh, the band girl in the UK sent in such a blistering rendition that we were so, um, enamored with, we made it our new theme song. And, but did you know, Will, there was another track that was sent in oh, by no. a listener. Are you serious? <laughs> there was. There was another track, and this is from Felix. He says, hi, guys. After listening to last week's episode, this is August of 2020, by the way, uh-huh. I took it yep. upon myself to record my own version of Jacko's I'm an Individual in the style of Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> which I have attached. <laughs> if you decide to include it in the pod, the only copyright issue would be the lyrics as all the music is original. Clearly, you're not bothered by that. It's now a theme music. <laughs> Uh, please excuse the general audio quality of the song. In TOEFOP fashion, I was under-equipped 
and experienced many technical mishaps along the way. Hope you enjoy my best Zach Della Rocca impression, Felix. So <laughs> I'd like to debut Felix's oh, I'm wow. an individual. Now you've heard this, right? I've listened to the first like 30 seconds, yes. Yeah. Okay, um, so I feel like the, okay. okay. I've got a lot of questions, but I, I will wait for those questions. I think. Okay. Well, we can pause the song at any time. So when you want to pause, yes. it, just say okay. pause, and we'll pause it. So all right. How long does it go for? Uh, three and a half minutes. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So this bit is just plugging his guitar in. Okay, pause. Can we pause? Okay, yeah. so at the start it did sound a lot like another one bites of the dust. And I was like, is he doing a, do a queen, like, you know, mix mashup of this as well? But yes, it's starting to ease into being a little bit more we, rage we, against we, the machine. Yeah. yeah. At the start, he didn't feel like he was raging against anything. He felt like <laughs> maybe mildly annoyed, but he certainly had to build his way up to a rage. All right, shall we continue? Yes, continue. Definitely more rage now, right? Rage, definitely rage. Just before we get to the lyrics, yeah. What is? I know we maybe talked about this, but what is rage's genre? Is it funk? Because it's very funk. That bass, like, is very funk. Are they funk new metal? Are they funk? Metal, funk, heavy rock, heavy funk rock. Um, rap rock? I don't know what Rage Against, what style of music is Rage Against the Machine is what I'm going to, um, because I, it, they are a bit hard to define in that regard, aren't they? Well, so it's Red Hot Chili Peppers, you'd say a yeah. rock, but with funk and funk yeah. influence, right? They They're definitely are. Heavy. And yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, so Rage have a bit of funk, but it's heavier rock and with rap. Yeah, and well, the internet have an idea about what they believe yeah. the genre of uh, um, music is. This is from um, uh, Britannica.com, so the website for Encyclopedia Britannica. So um, let's say see what they suggest Rage Against the Machine is. So uh, they say the genres. So they say m many genres are one, two three, four, five, six, seven. So they have seven genres that they think that – Okay. Um, so we're going to cross off funk. Let me guess. You've already yep. suggested funk. Um, you've already suggested yep. rap, so let's cross yep. rap off. So rap and funk are both gone already. Um, what else? Metal. Metal is on the list, so let's cross off metal, yes. Um, do they, are there subcategories of those broader categories, like new metal – uh no. Um, one of them's a pretty. You might have even said, but I just it didn't count. It's probably the 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 biggest sort of widest genre you would you would describe them Hard as being. rock. Well, rock. So Hard rock. rock. Oh, just rock. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um. So so far we have rap, metal, rock, <laughs> funk, 
It's like they just went into a record store, looked at like all the categories on the shelves and like, yeah, we'll do that. That's our band. Okay. So actually there's only one more left because it turns out they've mentioned metal twice. So uh, uh, <laughs> so well, that's how metal they are. Yeah, They're right. double metal. Exactly. Uh, so uh, Wikipedia uh, referred to this band as this this final one that you haven't guessed yet is a bit of a- Political? No, it's a kind of a it, – again, it's a sort of a, a very big genre. Like, So it's a type of rock. Um, it is a category of rock that is in, encompasses like a very wide range of bands, including Rage Against the Machine. Um, oh, um, alternative. Alternative, yes. So yeah. they are oh, an alternative. I agree with all those categories. Yeah, an alternative rock band, I believe. Do you reckon there's any other band that fits all those categories? Yes. <laughs> I can't think of who they are off the top of my head, but yes. Um, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. Good, I know Lincoln Park and a lot more. They're not funk, though. They're more new metal. Mm, red Hot Chili Peppers? Not really yeah, metal. We really put them in the same category. No. Yeah. They're that, they're that, yeah. All right. Should we keep going yes. with Felix's song? Yes. So I just got to pause. I got to say, pretty good Zach LaRocca. Like, I mean, I think that the girl did the more screechy Zach LaRocca, but this is more that kind of like bulls on parade. He's got he's more into more of his groove. You've got something to say, Zach LaRocca. If this felt like Della Rocca, sorry. If this felt like, um, or if somebody said, "Hey, there's this like obscure early Rage Against the Machine garage sessions thing that's been released online," yeah. and you heard this, there's a bit of you that'd be like, "Oh yeah, maybe I could see how maybe that's like a." It definitely has the vibe of it for sure. Let's just hear how he hits the chorus. Okay, hang on. Can we just like, can we, so here's what I will say. Once again, I am going back to the original idea that this is a good idea. Like this, these lyrics do suit this style of music. Like, you know, that, that chorus line, that call and response chorus line of I'm an individual, yeah. you can't fool me. Can't fool it me. has that real wake up. Like, you know, don't believe everything you read. Do your own fucking research. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah. let's burn the whole thing down. You can't fool me. It works. A hundred percent works. Like, I think that that's the – I'm surprised that we haven't been kind of slapped with any kind. Like, who was the oh, – we have to look it up now because I can't remember. Who was – who wrote I'm an individual? I'm gonna, oh, did who, Mark Jacko Jackson not write I'm an individual? I mean, I guess he probably didn't do I the music, so. right? Like he would have done the lyrics, wouldn't he? I've always imagined that it was 
penned, the lyrics penned by Mark Jacko Jackson. Are you thinking that somebody has gone to Mark Jacko Jackson with the oh, lyrics yeah, with the of song, I'm yeah, an individual pre- and said, you know what? Has looked around. They've written this song, I'm an individual. They've looked around at who they think are individuals and they've found themselves at Mark Jacko Jackson's store. Um, yeah, he didn't write it. He didn't write it. It was written by Robert Alexander Brown. Who is Robert Alexander Rab. Brown? He, there's no there's no hyperlink. I don't. I think right. this is the only thing. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we've read this before, but it's just a quick recap. I'm an individual. It was a novelty song released by Mark Jacker Jackson, '85, described as okay. So we've had the six oh, categories. Yeah. yeah, one of the categories. <laughs> six categories. Yeah. No. Well, it's one of those categories, um, but with a, a descriptor that um, if you played Rage Against the Machine to your mother or your grandmother, they might describe it as being a bit uh, one word. loud. It's a bit. Noisy? No, bit. No, what's a word that like grandmas use, especially for like you know metal and and hip hop? It's it's a bit. You're in the it, the loud is definitely mm. an issue. It's the it's more the delivery of the lyrics. shouty. It's a bit a bit shouty. It's a bit shouty. <laughs> Described as shouty rap, uh-huh. but that's not. I mean, isn't it all well? Not all rap, but that's a, like the Beastie Boys were shouty rap. Absolutely. Like that is a that's a style of rap. I don't think there's shouty rap. <laughs> I mean, I reckon there's pretty shouty rap. Like, I think that shouty rap is like, hang on, let's see what comes but out. Yeah, but that's a yeah, yeah. But they're sort of saying they're saying in inverted commas mm. described as shouty rap as mm. if it's unique to Jacko. What I'm saying is, I don't think it is that unique. No, is it? Absolutely no. There's like. Like the internet is filled with articles, which I will not click on because we'll get too distracted about the shoutiest rappers in the world. There's like on the first page, there was like 25 lists of the shoutiest rappers, 10 top 10 shoutiest rappers. Who's the loudest rapper? So like, yeah, no, there's definitely shouty rappers. Um, Okay. This is a little bit of trivia about uh, I'm an individual, which maybe we didn't talk about the first time, but um, fellow Australians... Australian rules footballer uh, Warwick Kapper is reputed to have recorded his single, I Only Take What's Mine, as a result of the success of I'm an Individual. And in the music video for I Only Take What's Mine, it includes footage of Kapper throwing darts at a picture of Jackson. So unbeknownst to those two guys in 1985, they were having a beef. They were having a rap. A rap beef. A hip-hop beef. Like fastest way to sell records is to like just find a rival rapper and start a beef. Well, it was, you know – East Coast v East Coast, I guess. <laughs> but no, it was a rival of the cities. East Coast versus South Coast. Jacko, yeah, I was going to say, Jacko's in Melbourne, right? Jacko, Victoria. And then Kappa's yep. up in like Sydney and then Brisbane. Sydney. So, yeah, it's. Yeah. And Kappa played for the Bloods, mm-hmm. so Crips and Bloods. Yes, it's true. So, it, uh, you know, I mean, it's not. It's more like Cats and Bloods because he played for Geelong. <laughs> Do, do you think that the famous um, gang, the Bloods, um, yeah. ever get any of the Sydney Swans players over to explain the Bloods culture to them? You know, do they ever <laughs> get Brett Kirk in for a little speech? Just the, like, All these hardcore gangbangers, you just get like Brett Kirk over there just saying, look, you know, it's really about, you know, when it's your turn to go, you go. You just put your head over the ball. <laughs> yo, 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 is there a no dickheads policy? Absolutely. You get the Bloods culture. <laughs> That and turning around bloody 
people's careers. Yeah. So it's like if you want to recruit from That's other true. games. You got some. Which one are the Bloods? Who, do you know which side's which? Bloods and Crips? Uh, you know what? Who's West Coast? I'll, I'll, I'll look up the Bloods and the Crips. Now, aren't the Bloods and the Crips um, oh, here? I'm, 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 I'm loving our forgetting project. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to forget to get the rest of our mail. Yeah, okay. So um, here we go. Um, all right. The Bloods and the Crips. Um so uh, I'm just going to play just yeah. to, as a matter of courtesy. I'm yeah. just going to turn the volume down. I'm just going to play the rest of Felix's okay, cool. track, but quietly while you look it up. So, um, so Crips was a gang formed in Los Angeles um, in the late. How do you like this with with the backing music? Yeah. Crips was a gang formed. This yeah. now it feels like a documentary about like hip hop beef. So I should be like, it's a- you know. <laughs> Yeah, could you do put a bit more emphasis? Yeah, sorry, make I've it got a, a bit more yeah, You know what? I've actually got a. Um, yeah. On the streets of Los Angeles, USA, <laughs> late '60s, early '70s, a gang was formed, a gang of men called the Crips. Uh, the Bloods were mainly a gang formed by smaller street gangs coming together to counter the growing influence of the Crips. So the Crips were already there. And then the Bloods, there was other like smaller gangs and then the Bloods of like, the Bloods are kind of like the IGA and the Crips are like the Coles and Woolies, basically, right? Yeah. 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 Thanks for putting it in. The independent grocers of Australia. Thank you. Finally. A reference I get. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Not really much more of interest there about the Bloods and the Crips, really. All right. Well, we'll just let Felix's um, track play out. And why we do that, and we're on a musical theme, I thought I should um, uh, bring this mail up, because I feel actually, this is one I feel bad about. This was from uh, April, earlier in this year, from April. Um, it's from a guy called Stuart. He didn't, he didn't necessarily want this read, but Stuart, forgive me, I won't read the whole email, okay. but there is part of it that I think is right. kind of is relevant, worth talking about. Um, he said, "I heard he didn't want it. He didn't really didn't want it read. That's why he sent her his mail to Tofop because the chances of it's ever getting read." <laughs> he goes, "I don't want it read, but at the very least, I want it read in two years' time from now." He said, uh, um, uh, "You've talked about uh, Will was talking about you know what's happened to the live music scene. I completely agree." Um, also, Julie noted is a sponsorship situation at uh, Tofu Pachu because he said, "You guys can like, can you advertise my band?" I said, "It's not really something we do," but I said, "Look, I'd be happy to mention your band if that's something that would help." Okay. Um, uh, he said, uh, "Your podcast reflects back a little of my life at the moment. I moved to Tassie from Melbourne uh, to work in the creative music industry and witness climate change firsthand with fires um, two years ago. Anyway." Um, as you've spoken about, creative sectors, especially music, have taken a real hit. Thank God down in Tassie we have Mona and its festivals down here which have kept bands going. In fact, supporting them to produce content as well. However, to, however touring and being able to cost, um, cover costs of the minimum is not an option or the financial risk worth taking at the moment. Anyway, one of the bands I play for is called Ewa, that's W uh, E-W-A-H and The Vision of Paradise. So Ewa and The Vision of Paradise. They've made a feature-length film and they're touring its new record. It's premiering in in Melbourne this year. Uh, But to the point, if you support, to support you, to support us, uh, what would it cost? (laughs) 
<laughs> to promote our band's new album. Okay, here's what I'll say, Stuart, is it's not going to cost you anything, but we're going to put links to your band in this episode description. So there's a Bandcamp link, there's a website link, and there's a trailer to the feature film that they released this year. So if anyone um, is interested, I've checked it out. I think you'd quite like it. This, and Stuart, forgive me my my uh, narrow comparisons but it sounds a lot like the cure yeah, right. it's really cool kind of moody like adult contemporary rock not an ounce of funk or shouty rap in there um but yes we'll put these links in the episode description mike if you're listening to this just remember to put the, <laughs> the links in the episode description so hopefully Stuart, um that makes up for me for getting to read this out uh back in april when you sent that bit of mail um well this is from isabel uh, she said, uh, hey, guys, I love the podcast. This is another email I forgot to read out at the mm. time. Um, quickly, I got into it through the Fofop episodes with Gareth and Dave. Then I realized I should listen to the original. Uh, this happened to be on the 4th of July 2020 and not feeling very patriotic in the USA. I tuned in to episode – I tuned in at around episode 299 where you were talking about bins and I loved it. <laughs> anyway <laughs> – in a recent episode, you guys mentioned Booker T, mm. and my mind went to the went to wow, they know about what Booker T Washington, an historical American figure. And then I realized you're actually talking about a professional wrestler. <laughs> anyway, keep up the great work. So I and this is going to make me sound so dumb. Do you, were you aware that there was actually a famous like? Booker T Washington. Um, well, I knew <laughs> there you? was like a band called like Booker T and the MGs, right? <laughs> But I yeah. I only really know about Booker T because he's not just a wrestler. He's the five-time, five-time world champion, world wrestler. Um, uh, and, of course, he had a finishing move called the Spinneroonie. But the historical the figure I'm not familiar with. No, are you going to give me some information on this historical yeah. figure? Yeah. Okay. So Booker T. Washington. Um, Booker. Any uh, relation pa- to any relation to George Washington? Washington. Booker T. Washington. Uh, no. Okay. He was born in 1856, right. so way after George Washington. He was an American educator, author, orator, and advised to several presidents okay. of the United States between nine, 1890 and 1915. Washington was the dominant leader of the African-American community in contemporary black elite. Okay. Um, he was from the last generation of black American leaders born into slavery and became the voice of former slaves and their descendants. So from those from that beginnings to um, being the five time, five time, five time, five time world champion. Are we suggesting it's the same guy? Is is, 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 this as a reward for being the spokesman of his people post slavery that he was given eternal life? He was given a wish by a genie of some kind. He said, "Not only would I like to live forever, but I would like to become a professional wrestler." When it comes to politician names, though, like like Booker. Like it's it's like there was remember that Richard Greco yeah. series. Well, he that, was Booker uh, from Twenty One like Jump Street, it, right? He was Booker yeah. from Twenty One Jump Street. It's actually just a cool name. Like I can't yeah. think of a politician Booker T. <laughs> I just I can't like in the photos on Wikipedia. You know, he's like all elegantly dressed and stuff. But oh, I just see I just see like the wrestler Booker T. But and then the band Booker T. And so it's like it's such a cool name. I can't. I mean, but the, it, what it, it, is, is it cool because be we think it's cool? Because, like, for example, like Booker Mitt. Booker. What do you think about Mitt as a name? No, no good. good. Mitt because Mitt Romney. I always, when he was running, I was always like, I wonder if people like the name Mitt because it feels like a weird. I don't know if I would be comfortable with the idea that like 
you know, if like if Mitt Romney's name had been Booker Romney, do you think? Or, or he was a Mormon, wasn't he? Is he a Mormon? He'd be Booker Mormon, which is a great joke. But (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) so, (laughs) by the way, I did not do that entire run up just for that joke. I normally would, but I actually just stumbled onto that one. (laughs) So, I, I I think, do we have any cool, who is the coolest Australian? I mean, Bob Hawke, right? Bob's a, like, Bob's kind of a, like, Harold Holt. Harold Holt's pretty sounds like a superhero. Harold Holt. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly not Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who are listening, yeah. he disappeared. Uh, Mysteriously uh, at the, the beach. The coast of is it Sorrento Taken, or taken by a Chinese submarine. Chinese, Japanese submarine. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, both both ways it didn't happen. So whatever it was, <laughs> it did not happen. And how famously yeah. there is a swimming, swimming centre yeah. in Victoria. He, our Prime Minister drowned <laughs> and we named a pool after him. <laughs> Australia. I just can't believe that was ever like no one ever like the, when they had the council meeting. Uh, so what are we going to mm. what are we going to name it? No one was like, I, I don't know. It's well, no, I think I, I I I think the opposite. I would like to see this become a bit of a trend. I think that like when you are honouring right. people post their death, that it should be in the method by which they were killed. I feel like that's fun. Like I would like to see more of that. Like you know, like for example, like the you know the John Denver Airport or whatever. I feel like that's a good, that's good areas. Yeah, I I guess so. Like, what what else would there? You know, be, we're like- going to get on at John Denver and we're going to get off at uh, Big Bop Up. So we'll see you there. <laughs> I mean, is it like having an Amy Wine Amy Winehouse rehab center? Yeah. Well, no, isn't it like an Amy Winehouse um, bar, right? It'd be like an Amy, yeah, oh, yeah, like you know the Amy, yeah, right, the yeah, yourself to death, like yeah. a wine bar, the Amy <laughs> Winehouse Amy wine house. house. That would be, <laughs> I think. Uh, this is another uh, email we forgot to read. Um, it's from Dean. Uh, this is from October uh, 2021. Um, hey guys, your lamentations about Jay Z's label suing the little guy for naming oh, yeah. rights made me think of a similar story just on a way more petty scale. A few years ago, a friend of mine changed his name profile on Facebook (laughs) to Clark R. Upper. Oh, yeah. Clark Clark Rubber. Rubber. Yeah, cool. Clark R. Upper. Not Booker T. Clark Clark R. Upper. As a bit of fun, only to be swamped with aggressive messages from rubber supply Mm. giant Clark Rubber. I always thought they were – I even thought they were Clark's Rubber. Anyway, like – That's what I thought. Uh, asking them to change it. After a lot of back and forth of my mate claiming uh, it was his actual yeah. name. <laughs> my name Excuse is me, Clark I, R. Abba from a long line of Abba. My father. My father was an Abba, Abba. <laughs> and his father was an Abba. It all culminated in a cease and desist from the company's lawyers, claiming that he aimed to profit off the name, <laughs> which he did not. Uh, and he had to change it as he was not interested in being sued for the low stakes gag. The bastards could not even see the funny side. Love your work. Keep talking, you gorgeous boys. No, Dean, you're the gorgeous one. Um, that's hilarious. I love the fact that someone has the inclination. Like, and it's such a random target to pick. Like <laughs> Clark Rubber. When have you ever thought of Clark Rubber? Why of all why didn't you just name yourself like, I don't know, Wally Mart, Walmart, and people call you Walmart or something like well, that? Well, because I think if you go with Clark R. Uh, Abba, like you think, 
Uber. What are the chances that the good people at Clark Rubber are ever going to contact me and be mad about this? It's such small fish to fry that you can't imagine it would be an issue. Back in my in the uh, early days of the internet, when movie websites were a big thing and posting on movie websites were a big thing, one of the greatest insults you could level at the other talkbackers was to like if someone wrote a positive review of a you know they'd been to an early screening of you know Lord of the Rings or something, they'd be accused of being called of being a plant. You're a plant, 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 plant. You know that would, that's people would write. Um, and so when I created my handle, I named myself Mr. P. Lamp. <laughs> and I would just post overwhelmingly positive reviews about films that everyone knew sucked. <laughs> no cease and desist from the real Mr. P. Lant. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, this is from John. This is probably a good one to go out on because it's a bit longer. Uh, this is from John who says, hi, Will and Charlie. I'm a patron subscriber. So patron subscriber. Thank you. Oh, worth noting, if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is at patreon.com slash TOEFL. Heaps of bonus content on there. Um, pretty soon, <laughs> new episode of Quantum Cop will be coming. <laughs> James has told me this week, you've started drawing it. So uh, probably by the time you hear this episode, it might even be out there, but you can join for as little as a dollar a month. And as much as you like, if you want to join at the top tier, which is $20, you'll get an autographed poster, like actually authentically autographed by Will and I. We spent oh, cool. a whole old day or something just signing these posters. And I thought we're running low. Remember mm-hmm. last time I said, oh, we're running low. I've just discovered, Will, some recently released <laughs> autographed posters. Can, can I just um, uh, can I, I ask about the the, the autograph, yeah. by the way? Because um, as mm-hmm. people now know, it's been announced, I have a, a book that will be available from November the 1st. So by the time people hear this, but you can pre-order it anyway um, at the moment. And it's called I Am Not Fine, Thanks. And uh, I have to be flown to a factory in Melbourne to like sign like for eight hours or something to sign like a couple of thousand books in some like factory in Melbourne. Like do you th- – what, But what if it's like Willy Wonka's book factory? Right. Everything's made of books. books. Putting books it's like I can read stuff. everything yeah. here. This, I can read this as yeah. well. I've never read so much in my life. I can't stop reading. <laughs> <laughs> they take me into rooms. We'll they're like, learn. just don't read yeah. anything on the roof in here. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> You lose, you get nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think that people expect more than just a, like a signature on – so if I'm going to be signing like a thousand books or a couple thousand books, is it okay for me to just sign my signature or do I have to no, like write a message yes. as well? No. I used to have to pre-sign thousands of fan cards for Home and Away. And yes, 100%, it's okay to just write your name on it. I mean, if you're if you're seeing the person, like if there's a person in front yeah. of you, yes, you should personalize it and stuff. But you don't know where it's going. What are you going to write? Like, reach for the stars. Keep smiling. Yeah, um, but that's what I mean. If I have to come up with something like that is, yeah. yeah. Uh, my one was always um, – Oh, it's a good one. It's a two-word one. Because I remember footballers uh, used to write it to me. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> There's a good one. It's like it's not. It's it's something like all the be- yeah. best wishes are all the best. I can't remember what it is, but yeah, so just a two-word. Dear Will, best wishes, all the best. Reach for the stars. <laughs> Keep smiling. Hashtag. Hope your hair and teeth don't fall out. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What if eye? I just started doing random names? 
So if I'm just like Greg oh, yeah. and then just sign it, you know, Belinda, imagine if you got sign it, right. it. Like it's How much great fun for the person who just like walks into a bookshop, opens it up, and like I mean, you get it wrong more often than you get it right. But just law of averages, at some stage, if I'm just like. You know, like I pick some common names. So I go with like a Charlie. I go with like a Greg, John, John Amanda, uh, like, you know, just kind of standard. And then like throw in the occasional booker, you know, just just yeah. in case. <laughs> booker T. But imagine if you land a booker. booker T. What a victory. Or a booker. Yeah. Book, a, book for booker. So tell me uh. though, like if you get a per- – just say, I don't know, like who's an, a writer or – uh, just say I get you an autographed Christopher Nolan script. I get you The Dark Knight, a, a signed copy of The Dark yep. Knight, but it was actually written to someone else. It was like it says, Dear mm. Steve, all the best. Reach for the stars, keep smiling, Christopher mm. Nolan. But I have it. I bought it on eBay. Is it any less valuable to you? You've got an original script that Chris Nolan had mm. in his hands and it's signed by him. It's just that he intended it to go to Steve. Do you – like that present list? I, I don't like the present list, but I do wonder what happened to Steve. Like, is this a cursed script? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, he's American. He had to pay for medical. What bills. happened? Yeah, <laughs> poor old Chris got Steve got COVID, and then and then had yeah. to sell this script to pay for his medical bills. <laughs> you can just see his tears, you know, as he cracked open his children's college fund. One of the invoices is like stuck to the back of the script because he had it <laughs> next to his bed because he just wanted to read it as he died. And now his family are selling his assets to pay for the medical care. <laughs> um, we started this by plugging Patreon, so yeah, go to our Patreon. Um, also, if you if you can't uh, if you can't afford to support us that way, that's fine. But why not go to our website and check out some of our other great podcasts? And if you like those podcasts, you can leave a like or a review. That always helps on Facebook or on Apple or whatever your platform is for listening to this podcast. Uh, right, this is from John. Tomorrow, question for you. Hi, I'm a Patreon subscriber, and I've emailed you once before about. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, John. When did you write mm. this? Uh, October 2021. Okay. Sorry. So he's written to us okay. twice. And we haven't okay. responded until now. Wow. It's, I've it's, emailed you it's once now, before. I imagine, October 2022. So we're only a year late. <laughs> um, about whether Patreon subscriptions were in Australian or US dollars. My adult daughter was thrilled to hear my name read out in your podcast. Okay, okay cool. thank God. So we did read okay. that. I was wondering if you could give me some mm. advice. I've been going to a seaside town in Queensland for about 13 years. It is a thriving regional town. It has great live music venues, restaurants, and plenty of young couples and people. After we open international borders, it will once again be overrun by backpackers from all over the world. I have two venues in mind, one that would seat 100 and one that would seat 150. They're fully licensed and can cater for sit-down meals. But from podcasts, I've heard comedians do not really like people eating while performing. I'm sure I could come to an arrangement to hire the venue uh, for a night and I would look at holding local talent nights. In the first instance, I'd be looking to bring in young and up-and-coming comedians to see how they go. But this is one of my problems. I've never put on an event like this before. I was hoping you might have some ideas that would help me, i.e. how do I contact comedians with managers or without, like independents or people who are starting out. It's not really about making money for me, even though that would be nice, but that's not my priority. I'm 64 years old and retiring. I've done all right in my life and I'm financially secure. And so I'm quite happy to risk a loss, but I just want to give back to the community. Oh, good. Um, 
Yeah, this is great. Accommodation isn't a problem mm-hmm. as I have two stu- I own two studio apartments there. Yeah, he's definitely mm-hmm. a 64-year-old. Yep. He's got a couple, a couple of, of investment boomer investor properties. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're situated in the city they've got a spectacular water views it's a 100 meter walk to the venue perfect place up and coming comedians yep. I hope you can at least point me in the right direction if you're too busy I understand I think this would be great for the community thank you for entertaining me over your career and oh sorry Charlie you're also pretty okay good. well <laughs> I didn't realize that you were just speaking directly to Will you said I Will and Charlie all those compliments I thought were for me you didn't have to use the qualifier at the end well now I've no that's fine mate uh, okay, well, you're the expert. I am not an expert in this do? field at all, but I do love the idea of somebody. Well, as a comedian. Yeah, and so it, it, like here's what I would say. If you are in a place that people like to visit as tourists, then there is a middle rung of comedians who would be wrapped to have like a weekend away somewhere where their accommodation was sorted and they got to have like a – a weekend or a few days or a week or whatever it is at a tourist destination. So if you have access to accommodation, like I think you could absolutely make something work. And if your um, hope is to give something actually back to the community in terms of developing local talent with a venue that size, you could be bringing in people from, he said Queensland, right? Like, so definitely from like Brisbane, Mm -hmm. Northern New South Wales, but probably even from Sydney. I mean, by the time you fly people from Melbourne, it probably gets a bit expensive to, for, you know, to to be budgeting yeah. for something like that. But, like, if you are accessing local talent, if it's – I don't know where – he didn't say where it was, did he? He just said it was in Queensland. No, he said it's a regional yeah. town. So, yeah, like yeah. – Near the wall. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I think there would be people who would definitely be up for doing something like that for, you know, like a small fee and the, the opportunity to have a few days off. Um, but I also is, love is a hundred to one hundred and fifty. Is that like a? I think that's a reasonable. I think it's. Up. I mean, the problem with one hundred to one hundred and fifty is making a profit, like or making enough of money to cover your expenses. Like ideally, what you do is you, you can get sell one of his. Apartments. Well, you get you get some <laughs> local business to sponsor the the comedy night would be like you know ah, so like you know idea. somebody who wants advertising they have a little banner at the back or whatever and you get like that, so they for example pay for the. You know, that's your headline comedian's money and then, you know, the rest of your money you're doing off the – Just just check who that person is. If you get an email from Clark uh, uh, Abba. Not a real guy. Saying, you know, I want an advertisement. <laughs> no, just make sure you leave a gap between R and Abba or I'm in some legal difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that's uh, some good advice for you. And, uh, like, you know, it's only a year too late. So, well, uh, no, it's not a year too late because the last year would have been a fucking terrible time to do this. I am only giving yeah. you this. That's right. October yeah, last terrible. year, right before Omicron. would have been a fucking massive mistake <laughs> and you would have been really been regretting it. Now is about the right time to get into it. So, good. Yeah, you're probably – I mean, having said that, if it's a 100-room capacity, maybe, yeah, just keep get 50 in. It's a bit of such yeah. a I mean, everyone's going to be – no one's wearing. No one's going to so, be wearing masks, mate. It's fine. I, have you been on a plane no since? Uh, you will. You will have. Uh, but have you been on a plane yeah. since they stopped the mask mandate? Yes, I have. I, I well, I'll actually, I have a story okay. to tell about that. So let's save it for uh, next week's. Uh, okay, great. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. Cool things for cool people.